Craft Beer Radio, episode 258 on August 17th, 2013. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we have just been through the hot bind. So we figured, hey, why not? We are doing a whole bunch of, uh, a bunch of different beers. Yeah, tonight. just pretty much grab bag. Yeah, tonight was the uh, annual hop harvest for CBR. And uh, last year that took so long that that's all we did that night. But tonight we tore through it and it's early enough to do a show. So the pre-show is going to be the hop harvest. And we'll do the show and we'll see how we feel afterwards, whether we do a post or not. I guess we start with this guy here. Wait, no, he's a dunkle. Uh, I thought he was just a normal Versteiner. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Whip beer? Yeah, let's go with the whip beer first. So this uh, is from Two Brothers Brewing. They are where are they at? They are in uh, 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 Illinois. They're in Illinois. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Indiana or Illinois, and it was the I state over there. <laughs> this is a wit beer, four point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, Monarch is the name of the beer. It's brewed with unmuffled wheat and a touch of oats, spiced with coriander and orange peel. All right, so it looks like we got two different beers in our, each of our glasses. Yes, we do. Mine poured fairly clear. Greg's poured fairly cloudy. I tried to pour it gently, but it roused the yeast as I was getting it, to the It's bottom. hard to do near the end of, uh, of a glass, certainly. So we'll uh, we'll give it a little bit of, of time to mature and then give each other's a taste. So lots of hops we just got done. Yeah, I didn't weigh them. Uh, it, it probably wasn't quite as much as last year, but it's still a healthy harvest. Three... You know, Target shopping bags full. Um, yeah, last time we had basically one big green trash bag full. Yeah, I think so. Just uh, some of the hops towards the right end of my trellis didn't grow so well this year, and I'm not sure what, what the deal was there. I wonder if, especially some of my, what was traditionally some of my strongest performing plants, I'm wondering if I didn't cover them over enough last winter and they froze out or something like that. Mm. I wonder if that's what killed, you know, cut them back. Some of the younger plants really came into their own this season. So there is a yeah on, on the left side. There was a huge amount of hops and a lot of overgrowth, and we had to do some <laughs> pruning just to get it all down. So it's, it's always the, the trellis isn't quite tall enough, so it's always a fair amount of work getting because it's all wrapped around the, yeah. the top guide and around the post and stuff. So it's always a little bit of work to get the hops down. The coolest thing was that some of the hops actually reached out into other areas. Oh, grew along the ground. Yeah, Greg yeah. was over loosening uh, one of my support lines, and there was a hop growing around the support <laughs> line, but from the ground up. <laughs> so the smell is pretty crisp and, and clean. Definitely get some orange mm-hmm. off of that. A little bit of spice and a little bit of that, that, that yeast character. Phenolic. flavors it's nice it gives you a like first thing i noticed was like a vanilla flavor yeah you know you got um, a little bit of the wheat but really you get this nice vanilla you know nice body it really introduces itself well i want to try out yours i want to see if mine's muddied or not yours is crisper Mm -hmm. and it has uh, more of those Yours more is, of the fruity flavors, and mine is a little bit more spicy, a little more phenolic, and, mm-hmm. and, and a little more muddy, which is what you expect from Whitbeer when you get some yeast in it. Yep, so 
what the brewer intends is probably halfway in between. Right. <laughs> Decant very carefully. Mm-hmm. And I even tried to do that, and still, Dragos is fairly cloudy. There's a, a, a good deal of coriander in here. It, it's balanced well, though. It doesn't overpower. Uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like the vanilla pullout. I think that that's a good pull. I, I, I'm sort of reminded of of kind of snickerdoodle cookies or something. Like those okay, lines. yeah, yeah, we like vanilla extract. Like, yeah, that, that actually, that's a really good analogy, right? Because you got you know the flour, you got the the maltiness. You know, mm-hmm. this is wheat. Flour is typically from wheat, so you get a, a lot of the. It's not too grassy. It's not too lemony, but you get a good a good maltiness, and then. Uh, yeah, something like vanilla extract. The coriander is kind of an analog for the cinnamon. cinnamon. Yeah, yeah Snickerdoodle is a neat little neat little um, aid to think about. <laughs> Although, they, if they were to call this their Snickerdoodle beer, it probably <laughs> wouldn't sell as well, or maybe yeah. it would sell better. Who knows? It doesn't it, quite. It's not quite. I mean, yeah, it's just vaguely reminiscent. Yeah, yeah. very cool though. Still smells good. Uh, it's it's the seventeenth of August, approaching the end of the summer. Decent summer for you. Yeah, it's pretty good. Best Buy, Best Buy, July sixth. So it's been in the fridge for a while. Still mm-hmm. tastes good. This is from one of your trips out to Ohio because we can't get two brothers in Pennsylvania. Right. But you can just across the border in Ohio. This was said available on March sixteenth. Mm-hmm. So it's really March, April, May, June, July. I mean, it's five months. Is <laughs> they they don't want you to uh, to to age this really. Four point five percent. So did you did you mention that they use smotes in this? Yes. Okay. Touch I, of oats. Yep, I didn't hear you say that. The label does say that. They're on the outskirts of Chicago, which is where I thought they were, but I wasn't sure enough to say it out loud. I'm like, is it? It's Illinois, right? It's not Indiana. No, no, it might be Indiana. Hold on, which is it? This is their uh, anniversary brew. Okay, so it's a nice whip beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if I was looking for a perfect whip beer, I'd want something a little more lemony. Touch of yeah, lemon in there. I mean, you know, they all have to stand up to Who Garden, and Who Garden mm-hmm. wipes the floor with them. It always does. Almost, almost always. Yeah, I, we've every time we've tried it, and and we try not to have much biases but if there is a bias we probably have a bias against big beers against big companies like imbev we've never had one beat hill garden yeah we did that whip beer show a long time ago back in year one year two and we were expecting hogarden oh it's hogarden no good and and even blue moon impressed us in that same tasting i think it it was that tasting or another whip beer tasting uh so i have respect for blue moon it's not the best whip beer i have had but I have respect for it. Yeah. But yeah, Who Garden very well might be the best whip beer. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But that was very enjoyable. Uh, tasty, you know, 4.5, pretty close to sessionable. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think now. We I got the Dunkle, do you think? It's probably very. It's probably relatively light, but we have this rye ale too. Golden rye. I guess we should do that from Bell's. Golden rye. 
Okay, so we're we're doing American first, and then we're gonna go outside. I just the don't country. want the roastiness to that the uncle may have to really. Okay. So, but yeah, I guess we're going across the Atlantic with the rest of the beers. So. There we go. Theme. It all makes sense now because <laughs> it has a theme, a contrived theme. So this is six point oh six percent. Is a a beer that calls it a rye beer. So here, new new technique. Instead of pouring half the beers, I'm pouring a quarter of the beer. We can taste it. Then we'll mm. add more in ah, in case it gets go. cloudier. There you go. Okay, nice. So, so I mean, these are both pretty clear. Yours isn't any muddier than mine. No, watch this be filtered and watch it right. be clear the whole way out. But it says six percent. It uh, is their early seasonal, so February seasonal. Smell this. There's a lot of beers you taste, a lot of rye beers you taste, and you're not really sure what the rye is. Mm-hmm. Um, when you smell this, do you, does the rye stick out like a sore thumb? I mean, can you? I no? don't know. It's, no? it's it's hard to say. To say they have Northwest hops and rye malt. I see. In, okay, so my second sniff, I smell more of a, an earthy, piney hop. First one, I was smelling spicy rye. I was like. This is the hop devil of rye beers, and that's that's a story that goes way back, way before yeah. craft beer radio, where, you know, you're getting into beers, you read the Budweiser label, and it's made with the choicest hops, but you don't know what hops taste like. You, and I've always wondered, like, oh, what do hops taste like? I was at Mad Mex, a, a local restaurant here with craft beer, and this had to be back in... 2001 or so? Maybe earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm looking at their menu. And, you know, this is when I was a Guinness drinker. Or uh, I was probably to the point where I was drinking craft stouts. You know, trying things right. other than Guinness. But I was always sticking with stouts. And I saw this beer in the menu called Hop Devil. From this brewery victory, whatever the hell that is. But And I'm like, well, if I can't tell what hops are from drinking this beer, I'll never be able to tell. Well... You can tell you what, knew what hops yeah, were. I knew what hops were at that point. And when I first smelled this, I thought that's what my experience, same experience, but with rye. But the second sniff was a lot hoppier, so it's, I'm not so sure at the moment. If you if you agitate it a bit, yeah, I'm smelling something that I think is rye. I think it's rye. I, I've never really been up close with a whole bunch of rye grains mm-hmm. to get a to get an idea of the difference between that and and, and wheat and barley. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take back the statement from the sip. It, it's it's a pretty bitter, pretty hoppy beer. Lots of earthy, resinous hops. I mean, there's rye in there, but there's it's not. A rye it's, but it's not. It's not the tutorial yeah, that I thought it was yeah. going to be. But the, the rye does it, it. It lends a kind of uh, spicy component to the earthiness that helps to cut some of the the overt citrus stuff from the hops so you're you're mostly getting bitter uh some of the fruity stuff is cut by mm-hmm. by the rye hmm it ends up tasting kind of there there's sort of a there's a flower on on the label well, with it's one a daisy petal. with one petal left yeah uh but it's it, called smitten so yeah so she loves me she loves me, me not. Loves not but but there's something coming through that's kind of dandelionish. Okay. So I don't know if the flower influenced me or not in picking that out. But. 
I'm going back and forth on how much of the aroma, how much of the flavor is the hops, and how much is the rye. Because now I've had a couple sips, I'm getting a little used to the hops, and now I'm smelling this very spicy. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a little confusing at first because it also smells like it might be a little spoiled. The rye is so potent, such a big spice, it almost it's not sewer drain, but if you're not paying attention, you might think it is at first. I could see how if you know, especially if you didn't, if you weren't going for rye, you may be like, mm, "There's some weird hop in here, or something." Yeah, it's this crazy wild hop, yeah. or it's it's an infection that's making it a little sulfury or something like that. But I'm pretty sure that's just the rye. Yeah. It's the spice from the rye. So I'm so wishy washy tonight. Now I'm thinking it is a tutorial on what rye tastes like. Well, but it's not just straight highlight the rye there's other things going on in the beer probably to make it palatable <laughs> i don't know if, if a full rye um beer would you know just trying to highlight the grain would would be super palatable this is they're they're trying to cut it with different things sure but you know i, mean, I the... would say yeah if you if you want to get an experience of what rye is like in a beer and and you haven't really figured it out before i think this does give you something of a hint or at least it it leads you in that direction of okay cuz it it is kind of overt what the rye is doing you know i would i would even put myself into that group of people who haven't fully figured out exactly what rye tastes like yeah you know and so i'm happy and you know it's it's interesting, you know, because usually we say if you're looking to figure out what something tastes like, you know, we're well experienced, we know it all, but I don't know exactly what rye tastes like, and I think this is helping me a lot. So if it put it put it on on a different level, yeah, we haven't really talked about what rye tastes yeah, like. What what is we're just talking like, about yeah. tasting rye. It's um, kind of reminiscent. Hmm. Every time I try to think of something, something else keeps getting in the way. Uh, Rye bread's not a great no. example, right? Because all the caraway seeds that right. are usually in it. And I've never made rye bread, but I'm sure it's not a high proportion of rye grain. I'm sure I would, I shouldn't say, sure is not the right word. I would not be surprised if it's, 50% rye or less, you know? There's a little bit of a character that I might associate with the rind of a cheese, a hard rind. So something of, of uh, you know, and, and that's sort of a, a, a good mold. There's some mossy bit to it. If you've ever, I mean, a lot of the people that are homebrewers have chewed on barley, but if you've ever chewed on wheat, it's different and of course it's different because it's different grain but this tastes has a a little bit of the um of that bitterness of that um spiciness you get from like a chewing on or what's the word but like chewing on some wheat kernels you know i've never chewed on rye kernels or i would say it tastes like chewing on rye kernels but it's more like chewing on a wheat kernel then chewing on then bread, then chewing on barley grains, then chewing you know, then the other bready things that we usually use as descriptors. It's a hard one to pick out because I'm trying to come up with 
with descriptors for the flavor of the rye, and it's it's not an easy one to compare to other things. Every time I, I try, I you know I go towards caraway, and but that doesn't help. No, because it. it... It's it's almost an association that we've made, but mm-hmm. it, it's not the caraway. The caraway is very different from the rye. Uh, where I'm thinking, I'm feeling something very agrarian. Uh, I'm feeling there's woodiness to it, right? Uh, there's a woodiness. There's this this is there's this um, farm market stand type feel to it. You know, this is like the time when we we're talking about being in Indiana yeah. Jones' study, right? But just this feel. It's this. You know, you're you're in the field. You get some. There's, uh, is it a polony thing? Maybe is there some? Uh... I mean, I you know I think I think back to when I was a kid and maybe you're chewing on a stick or something and there's a little bit of that woody character that comes through. There's some kind of something that that reminds me of the the exterior of certain plants. Like for example, if you've ever had celery root, sort of the, mm-hmm. the outside of celery okay. root, right. the, the outside of ginger. The... I, I, I could see that. I was also going to say that there's a bit of, now this is a loaded term. It's going to take some people the wrong way, but there's a leathery thing going on here, mm-hmm. but it's not Britannomyces. It's not horse blanket. It's not sour, but there's a leathery character that I'm tasting as well. Yeah, there's also a yarn kind of taste. okay, or a flax like yeah, a like maybe. a like a Cecil or something like not Cecil. Cecil's way too Cecil's way too aromatic, way too potent. But some natural fiber rope, you know, yeah. made of the cellulose fiber of yeah. You know what I was, what I was thinking honestly is is the cellulose things they make for sausages. Oh, okay. Um. You mean the casings? The casings, yeah. I'm not sure, but but see again that most sausages have a lot of spice in them, including caraway, so it's mm-hmm. hard to right hard to pull that. So that that's why I was like, that's not necessarily a good descriptor. I don't know. All I do know is that my my arm got really seriously uh, scraped, scraped up by the hop binds by those binds. Those my itching had died down. I was itchy for quite a while after cutting them down. I didn't get big red scratches like Greg, though. I just got a couple little ones. It's okay. I'll heal. <laughs> kind of looks like a heroin track, so it's just... Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure it looks like heroin tracks. <laughs> I know. It probably doesn't, but it's it's still funny looking. Yeah, this is the Smitten Golden Rye from Bells, and um, I have to recommend it for someone who's looking to... Catalog some flavors. Yeah. It, it you'll definitely get some ideas more so than almost any rye beer that I've had on what you get there. And first couple of sips, you're going to get tons of hops, some resiny hops in there. Those kind of get used to them, and you can kind of separate those away. You can really focus on the grain. I like this as a study on the grain, mm-hmm. and um, I have to recommend people who are doing that kind of thing to seek that one out. All right. We now move across the Atlantic to... Do we know uh, what this is? It's Italy. I know where it is, what it is. It is... Uh, yeah, hold on a second. I stout. It it's here. a stout. I, I thought it was an imperial stout, yeah. Yeah, so we won't drink that one yet. So... Varsteiner. Varsteiner. Okay, so this is their uh, Varsteiner's Premium Dunkel, or Dunkel, or however you want to put it. 4.9% alcohol by volume. 
It is... Let's see if I have any other information on it. Probably not much. No. The Germans do not share these secrets. Bottle fermented, they say, so... Careful with your decanting. It is not bottle fermented. Oh, never <laughs> mind. It is absolutely crystal clear. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's why. Oh, okay. I, I had the wrong one up. Apologies. The interesting one about this beer is the price tag on top of the cap. Read that to me. Dollar thirty nine. How do you get a beer from Germany to Pennsylvania or Ohio where we bought this and sell it for a dollar thirty nine for a twelve ounce bottle? It makes you or I'm sorry, this isn't twelve ounces. It's only three hundred thirty milliliters, eleven point two fluid so ounces. Actually, this is a, this this one is a lot. Their site actually has a lot of information. Okay, not. Huge, not information that, that we normally put down, but a lot of information. So they say they have quality hops. They don't tell us which hops. The best brewing barley. The malt for our beer is manufactured from top quality brewing barley cultivated from well-known German producing regions, regions and from Champagne. Uh, extra soft water. And here we go. The original gravity 11.6. 4.8% alcohol by volume. 38% alcohol by G over L liters. Uh, 180 kcal 0.01 grams of salt <laughs> so 180 calories there yeah. you go so the beer ingredients are brewing water roasted barley malt and hop extract this is interesting they have um, the neck label has the English side dark beer from selected roasted malt product of Germany and they have the French side, avec de l'orange torrefiery sélectionné, product so, de allemande. So that means they sell this in Canada, probably, because in, in Canada it's naturally brewed according to, to the German French. beer purity law. Imported by Varsteiner Importers Agency, Cincinnati, Ohio. And their website is Varsteiner. That V is a W. Uh, dot US. Interesting ingredients: brewing water, yeah. roasted barley malt, hop extract. Said, yeah, extract. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Extract. Extract. Fancy. Nazi Reinheitsgebot. <laughs> so the question is. Uh, is this brewed here in, in America? No, no, it's it's product of Germany. Oh, okay. So in Germany. But hop extract is legal apparently. It'd be like malt extract, right? You wouldn't complain about malt extract in a beer. Just wouldn't really be economical. Mm-hmm. But I guess hop extract is just interesting that uh they use a little eyedropper to put in super hop juice instead of throwing hops in their beer. So as opposed to the other beers, this one is very dark. It has it's got tan highlights, it doesn't have much of a head. It's got a nice uh, look to it, though. Very nice and clean and clear. The aroma? It's it, it's different aroma from what we have, especially from the rye. Um, this one's probably going to be a little lighter on the palate, a little cleaner than the rye. Probably should have done the order. We were just worried about the darkness. 
And dunkles, you, in dunkles, you don't get a ton of, right? You know, so some listeners might not be very familiar with what dunkles yeah. are. Um, here in Pittsburgh, we've got the Church Brewers, who makes a really well done dunkel. Pious monk is the um, wins medals. It, it, so you know, we're probably a little more have a little more access to the style than many places yeah. in the country. Um, it's it's not a sports beer. It's not Hellas. You know, it, yeah, it, it's it's very different so let's taste it and let's talk yeah. through it because i don't have it enough to mm-hmm. go from here and describe it exactly but once i get a sip i'll probably be back in the saddle i mean what i like about dunkles is that they're refreshing because they're lagers and mm-hmm. so they have those qualities but there's also uh a you know slightly malt forward mm-hmm. not huge amount of malt you're not getting a lot of sticky sweetness but you are getting some you know, it, it, it's closer to. They're more, yeah, okay. I mean, they're they're closer to a sports beer than a Bach. Yes, they're closer to um, a brown ale than a Hellas. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah. I don't like know. Like a German log in German yeah. golden lager. I, I would say they're closer to a brown ale than a German golden lager. They're they're not estuary or mm-hmm. anything, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying closer than I'm trying to give some tangents to dial yeah, brown, people in. Yeah, I guess brown ale is is sort of what you're going for. You know, you're not going to get a huge amount of malt in, in, in a good brown ale, but you are going to get you, you you're still you probably will get some fruitiness, but you're not really getting a lot of fruitiness. From probably there. the biggest thing you won't be getting from brown ale is the esters from the east, and also the yeah. the. The caramel flavors. You're going to get more bread crust than sweet breads. Right. You know, sweet breads isn't the right <laughs> word at all. <laughs> sweet, sweetened bread. Yeah. You know, like cakes and muffins and things. Um, <laughs> sweet breads. Why do they call them sweet breads? Because <laughs> marketing. If they, if, if they called them, uh, what are they? The uh, oh god, what are they? Um. It's the glands. It's the like glands. Yeah. Like, so they called it that. Then <laughs> organ meat, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just like Rocky Mountain oysters, right? Mm-hmm. If they preferred them by what they People's actually were, balls. they wouldn't sell it. Right. I, I want to try one of those. Why not? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I just totally, protein, just protein. I'm a culinary adventure. I'll go for that sort of thing. Doesn't mean I like it, but I'll go for it. So the the brown ale versus Hellas. Do you, do you agree? Do you concur, Doctor? I mean, I'm just trying to drive people into a style they might not have. Had, I, I right? think, you know, yeah, I think you're steering towards the brown elf for expectations is a good idea because that's mm-hmm. where you're hitting. Now, it's not quite a brown ale, and you can tell that it's a little lager. You can tell that mm-hmm. it has that crispness, that thing that we used to call twang. Now that we understand it more, we understand that it's sort of a crispy quality of the mm-hmm. yeast. Um this is pretty good. I'm wondering if the rye is just is still ever present on my tongue. It, it's hurting the the some of the perception. The the aroma on this was hard to really get into. Didn't find it engaging. Right. But the flavor, the flavor, I'm fine with the flavor. I'm I'm in there. It, it's it's like I said, we, like we said, it's crisp. It's a little bit bread crusty. It's you know a mix between. A little bit of white bread, a little bit of Italian, not quite French, 
Um, you could do. Let's put it this way: you could do far worse for a dollar thirty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you buy a Budweiser for a dollar thirty-nine a Probably bottle? Probably not. <laughs> Yeah, this is probably the best uh, sub two dollar beer I've ever had that I've noticed. <laughs> this is good. I'm getting a little bit of of appleiness. I mean, there might be some age on this beer. Tasting yeah. it now, I'm yeah, a little no, that, bit that's appley. a good call. The decode's probably not legible if there's one on this beer. I don't see any kind of marking. The reason why I picked this particular beer up is because my parents had just gone on an Eastern European trip and they were raving about some of the beers they had because they know when they talk to me that that's, you know, that's what they're going to, that's where we can share a commonality <laughs> and talk right. about stuff. And a lot of the beers they, they, they mentioned were actually Dunkles and they didn't know they were lagers. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they think all, all lagers are Budweiser. And, you know, I understand that that's a perception that's out there. Mm-hmm. And when I told them they were lager, they were, they were really surprised. Didn't find any of the lagers that they, or any of the Dunkles, really any of the beers that they had, but this seemed close to it. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's see, let's get a kind of taste of what they were tasting. Farsteiners, I've had the normal, you know, flagship Farsteiner. It's a fine beer. It's German yeah. lager, still not one of my favorite styles, but you know I've had it on occasion here and there. It was free on the airplane back from India, so I got to drink a bunch of it. Very nice. It's a long flight. Fly Lufthansa and get free Farsteiner. Yeah. Yeah, I had to on the way back from Boston. I had a uh, what did I have? Something. Oh yeah, I had a Malbec. Okay. <laughs> a little one of those little wines. Yeah, when I flew, that was six bucks. When I flew Southwest. Out to DC or out to New York, right? I, I paid for the ticket there, and then Buddy passed on the way back. So on the way out, I uh, had the because it was so late when I booked it. The preferred preferred passenger thing, you know, their version of pseudo first class, where you actually get a complimentary drink, it was only like eight bucks more. So I got that, and um, like I look at their beers, you know, they only carry cans for the weight. You know, it's like. Which is fine. It's getting to be at the point where that's fine now. Well, right, but so their best beer was Heineken. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had a Heineken. In a can, Heineken isn't bad, right? I mean, it's not bad. The remember when we had the premium light. Yeah. I think premium lights, be, Heineken premium lights, better than Heineken. Well, it's been it's been a while since we had that. It's been a while, but still, you could actually taste the hops and stuff, and where Heineken just tastes. Well, remember also the ones that we got were very impeccably handled, probably. Yes, they were. So they weren't light struck. But you put premium light in a can, impeccably handled. So You could still, I mean, get it warmed up and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so it was a little... I was like, oh, would I be lucky enough that they have a Sam Adams can? Or even though I don't... I guess they're not on the market yet. But would I be lucky enough that they have 21st Amendment or Oscar Blues or something? But nope, Southwest doesn't have any craft beer on their plates yet. No. It'll come eventually. Yeah, just like I mean, it, it's so funny <laughs> looking at there's a there's a bar near my uh, apartment, and it had and now advertised they have 16 different types of craft beer. I mean, this is a bar that 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, I just saw a tweet. There's a Sir Pizza, you know, just a local chain pizza place, and I saw a tweet from a guy I know. 
He's like, come for the pizza, stay for the $4 craft drafts. I'm like, huh, I guess I gotta go to Sir P- It's right down the street, yeah. right? I'm like, I guess I should check out Sir Pizza. Why not? If there's gonna be something worth drinking, you know, yeah, I'll check out the new pizza place. If you can get a pizza that is just like the one we had in New York with good beer, man. Well, it won't be like those pizzas, yeah. but... It's nice and smooth. It's crisp. Mm-hmm. Doesn't linger. It's uh, yeah. It, it it's a really good beer. It's a hell of a dollar thirty nine. Mm hmm. I'm uh, so for what twenty eight dollars you could get a case of that. <laughs> probably you know it's certainly less than the case. It's mm-hmm. probably around. 24 or 23 oh yeah that's a that's a single price we paid dollar 39 holy shnikes okay so now we're gonna stick in germany we're going to go with the i'm not familiar with this brewery this is a sforza weiss dark Um, wheat beer wuschbacher wuschbacher moose it's an m oh it's moose moose that's a okay wuschbacher private land brewery schreurer this is the one that that is fermented in bottles as it should be any any uh, it, you know it's basically a dark hefe. It's a it's uh, a it's a Bavarian beer, and uh, it's a half liter bottle swing top. It's imported by Eurobrew Incorporated, Ashland, Massachusetts. Eurobrews dot com. So this is this is what you would call a Dunkelweiss. Didn't you say four point seven? Yes, I did. Okay. But uh, they say well, they say on their website four five actually. So, maybe things have changed. Now, at Dunkelweiss, I think you want to get the yeast in there, don't you? Well, but we'll let's try. Try right. mit or mithef means with yeast. But yeah, we'll try so. without the yeast. I don't know how to say without in German. Someone tweet us. How do you say without yeast in German? Crystal, crystal. I mean, that'd be the beer that's filtered, right? right crystal yeah. vice is filtered. I don't know if they would call carefully decanted crystal, crystal though. All right, beer is clear but very dark. You mm-hmm. can just kind of see through it at the narrowest parts of the glass. It's um, it's a rich mahogany color. Right. Very. I mean, it's a pretty color. Very nice brown. Your Dunkelweizens are basically hefes with a darker roasted malt. Uh, well, roasted wheat too. Roasted wheat, yeah. So you have the roasted wheat in there. Um, you don't see this style around a lot either. Um, more than Dunkels, though. So yeah. <laughs> so we'd be able to. I mean, you know, one of my favorite Dunkelweizens ever was what they used to call a Cent Fifty Four, and then they called Michelob Dunkelweitz, and mm-hmm. then they stopped selling it. But it was it, it was a good Dunkelweiss. I'm not sure I would go anywhere close to saying one of my favorite ones ever, personally, for me. But I haven't had many, so okay. you know, my experience is somewhat limited. Uh, I remember having one in Japan. That was very good. I think it was a Franziskaner had a Dunkelweiss. So, first sniff, my nose just zing, 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 zing. Lots of carbonation. Second sniff, strawberries. Strawberries or blueberries? Or kiwi. Kiwi's in there. Strawberry kiwi. <clears throat> Very fruity, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah. 
it's interesting that it's all these um, citrusy fruits and not pears. You know, you would I, I would expect like more banana and pear than strawberry kiwi. That smells wonderful, doesn't it? It does smell pretty darn good. We are drinking these, of course, in our... Uh... Yeah, it's, it's pretty much sticking with the uh, strawberry kiwi. Are the two main flavors I'm getting there. A little whipped cream. A little whipped cream, huh? I could see like strawberries and cream, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Sure. I won't say you're wrong. All right, let's move on to a sip. Mm. Big carbonation. Sharp. Big zing in the mouth. It's a little tangy. You almost wonder if this thing is a little bit infected or something like that. doesn't taste like a wheat beer. tastes good. tastes really good. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit tangy. A little bit citrusy, a little bit fruity. You almost wonder this can't be what they want, but it didn't pop when I popped the cap. You know, it wasn't overcarbonated, and when I popped the swing mm-hmm. top, don't know. First taste really took me aback. It's like, ooh, this is spoiled, but in a good way. Well, but, when when this happens, I always go towards to look at at the beer advocate what people said about it, and um, one person does mention apple tartness. Okay. Apple tartness is good. Way to go. Uh, other people mentioned a little tartness. Yeah, banana and dark bread. This so, is really tart, though. Yeah, it's pretty tart. Um, might be a little bit on the lactic side, I think. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's kind of... It's kind of a full-body Berliner vice, right? You yeah. Got, kind of got a little bit of that going on. This bottle was only $3.79 at Vintage Estates. Borgman, Ohio. Hmm. Yeah, some people seem some people say it has tartness, some people don't. I don't know, but yeah, this yeah, this this is coming through with a lot of apple notes too. Like I said, um it's pomegranate. It's coming up with, with a lot of these fruity esters that I wouldn't have expected. It's also super, super carbonated. I'm yeah. surprised that when I popped the swing top, it didn't go bang. You know, I'm surprised it just kind of went poof. I'm going to work out some carbonation here, see what it tastes like with a little less zing on it. But it's pretty good with the zing. This is a tough one, right, to talk about because it's very tasty. But it's almost certainly not what, what the it's supposed intended. to be. Yeah, and so you can't necessarily say that, that anybody who tries this will get the same thing that we get. Right Again, if right you now. were judging this in the Svotsavise category, it would fail miserably. If you're uh, just hanging out drinking beers on the internet, it's pretty good. <laughs> I want to try it mid-hef. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, so we're going to swirl. We're going to re-rouse all kinds of little funky yeasty bits. And give Greg a dose. And I'll give me a dose. Look at how tiny the bubbles are. This is very... Super fine carbonated, yeah. Yeah. That is... Usually that that's a sign of something... Not quite right. But they're not... 
Actually, I, no, I would say a look sign at, of... Look, look at that and look at the way it's... No, it's I would say a sign of not quite right is big bubbles that are like, don't go away, like soapy bubbles that go over the glass or grow up the neck of the thing. Those really aren't super tight, fine bubbles. Um, it's it's interesting. This The bubbles are so fine that it really does not want to come out of the beer. Like, that's why the swing top didn't go bang. That's why you have to give it a really good swirl. It's like the it's it's highly carbonated, and it for some reason it wants to stay in the beer, mm-hmm. and it's like against the laws of physics. <laughs> it's P equals MP. Mm. Okay, so so yeah, it, it's definitely a cloudy now, not clear like it was a minute ago. I'm getting more nuttiness more on the banana, but there's still that tartness is still there. Yeah, it um the yeast added a lot more um it added some heft to the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It added some extra dimension of there, some some breadiness to it. Not bready, not bread as in bread like bread bready like right. Crusty bread. So if you have it like this, you might mention a little bit of apple tang tart, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's not nearly the lactic. Might be the way to go. I'm not. I'm not sold on that 100. percent But it's it's in such a weird package and such a weird weird format. It's hard to tell yeah. what it was, right? It it could have just been fruit acid, right? I mean, it, it tasted almost like. But again, it's German, right? It's Bavarian. They didn't add yeah. strawberries and kiwi, you know, to it to get you know vitamin C in there. So how else do they add it? You know, it has to be a spoilage or something. There's no way you're gonna get acid in there. So I mean, it it just it it tasted reminiscent of of lactic mm-hmm. stuff that I've had before. That's why I went with lactic. I don't know. My my tongue is not mm-hmm. a spectrometer. <laughs> So yeah, I can definitely see this is more in line with some of the reviews where it said it was tart and mm-hmm. people weren't calling it out as spoiled. Yeah, I think uh, it's still a very good beer. <laughs> you know, Dunkel Weizen should be treated like half of Weizen's, and you really should have the yeast in there. Uh, you know, it, it, it makes a difference. It, it it makes the drink what it's meant to be. It's hard to recommend it as a very good beer because who knows what the other bottles taste like, right? This yeah. bottle, this bottle tastes really this, good. This bottle is very good, but this it, bottle is not a Schwarzweiss as you would expect it to be. Schwarzweiss no. to taste. There's it's, the, it's not there, well, the it's body typical. I, I can't say whether this is. I mean, based on the fact that the people yeah. are talking about that, there are unless this one has a reputation of for being what we're tasting, right? I mean, because if you're just going. Maybe it does have a reputation. Maybe I mean, you also have to re- recognize that beer is an agricultural product, and it, over time, you know, different things happen because it's not, you know, maybe the the, the grains were slightly in a different mm-hmm. way. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things that can happen. I mean, maybe in maybe Musbach, Germany, is known for, you know, dark weeded Berliner Weiss. I've never heard of such a thing. But maybe that's what people are talking about. But if you, you know, it, it's, it's, this bottle is very good. I wouldn't steer you away from it. I don't know how, 
global that recommendation is going to be. That's my concern. Uh, I wish I knew that Moosebacher Germany was known for dark weeded Berliner Weiss, and I could say check this out. But I don't know. And if you're going in blind and you're thinking what a Schwarzer Weiss, you know, a really dark wheat beer is, um, this isn't going to taste anything like what you. Some had. people are talking about banana and clove, and this is not banana and clove. So there's yeah. is a is a wide disparity in terms of what people are talking about about the beer. So. I don't really know what you can say about it. To cue up the music. Oh. Hmm. One second. I need a sign language thing so I don't have to say that to you. So you can <laughs> cue up the music without, you know, verbal. Yeah, so this is a hard recommendation because who knows what it really tastes like. Well, we know what that sound means. Time for the commercials. We've got to pay the bills. we got to get ourselves out to the Great American Beer Fest and uh, get all our expenses paid for. Mm-hmm. And we really appreciate any help that you can provide us. You have several ways you can help. There are a couple referral links. If you need website hosting, we've got a great link for Bluehost.com. It's a good website. Host. Uh, you can do all kinds of really cool stuff on it. It's a lot cheaper than Squarespace.com, which all your other podcasts are promoting. Right. Um, it's only six ninety five a month or something like that, and just about everything's unlimited until you use a lot of stuff and they start kind of cracking down on what unlimited really means. But you'll probably never hit any of that, so don't worry about it. Bluehost.com. Use the link on our website. Um, other things you can do is you can send us cold hard cash through PayPal. Cha-ching. Now, now I, we understand this is a not a burden. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it, it's a it's a real commitment to actually send us money, but we really do appreciate it. You can do things like do a one-time donation, mm-hmm. as little as a few bucks. You can do repeating donations as low as $12 a year. You can't do $1 a month because the PayPal takes like most of that money, but you can do $2 a month, and we still get most of that. Um, you can do $50 a month. Do it. Do that. <laughs> But uh, anything you can do is appreciated. And the easiest way is our Amazon link. You go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Do not ever go to Amazon.com. If you don't go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, you can do some other referral link like Basic Brewings, but we prefer you do ours. Of course. And it doesn't cost you anything more. We don't know what you buy. Well, no, that's not true. Well, we don't know who bought what. Right. But we do have all kinds of fun looking at what was bought through the referral link. So you can buy and all kinds of... And when we remember of... on, on our post show, we do Amazon Anonymous. When do we remember? Right. So you can buy some really disgusting stuff, and we won't know that you bought it. But we can talk about it in the post show. And, uh, yeah, so th- that's the easiest way to help us, and we appreciate it. We, you know, it, As we've can... said before, you're going to shop on Amazon anyway. Right. Use our link, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Boom. It's that easy. That's it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when you to turn down the music, like, okay. <laughs> the music's so much fun. Except for the part where it goes down and goes, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, come on, get back to the do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. And that got... music is Little Spanish Flea, by the way. All right, so uh, we go clear south from Germany into Italy. 
and we find the uh, Colesi makes this, which is their uh, Colesi. <laughs> Colesi. <laughs> Where are my boats at? Where are my dragons at? Uh, this is uh, a stout. Um, I've never had an Italian stout. I've had only a handful of Italian beers, maybe like three. Never a stout. So here we go. The bottle has a little shrink wrap wine thing on it. Oh, the cork's really. It's not a cork. Or the cap. Look at the look at the inside of the cap. It kind of has the. Oh no! It's a gusher. Dun dun dun. The cap has this thing. It looks like the inside of your olive oil cap, where it kind of like has this little yeah. indented groove that goes into the that neck is of the bottle, isn't it? And it's gushing down the table. There it goes. Ready to divine that shit? Yeah, gusher. Hold on. This is gonna be a great radio. Let me hit the pause button. All right, so we're done vining the gusher. It's <laughs> making is, a nice puddle on my desk. So this is the Imper Ale Main Nera from Colesi. So it's almost not going to taste good. Well, they call it a, on Beer Advocate, they call it a Belgian Strong Dark. Well, it's definitely not as dark as an Imperial Stout, so... 8%. Pours it smells kind of Pours a brown, comes in this... That's a green bottle, yes. Hold up the light. Definitely a green bottle. Beer from Italy. It's the Colisi. So it's the Queen of the Dragons. And it's imported from Franklin Park, Illinois, which is interesting because I grew in Franklin Park, Pennsylvania. Smells like a combination of nail polish and uh and School eraser. Oh, fun! That's gonna be a one. I think we're gonna have to go to the fridge and pull out another. We, we cannot end on this note. But here we go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Italy, Italy, Italy. School eraser is pretty good on the description there. I'm not getting any nail polish remover. You said nail polish or nail polish remover? Uh, I said. Yeah, polish remover, yeah, I mean. Okay, so let's look for the bright side. Let's look in there. You could you could interpret the 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 eraser as some as as closing in on bubblegum. Bubblegum, I was gonna say cotton candy pear. Maybe a hint of strawberry. Kind of close, actually, kind of to a cola smell. Actually, flavor's not that bad. It doesn't taste like ass. My first sip was like, huh, doesn't taste bad at all, really. Greg doesn't necessarily agree. The end... The cola part, very late aftertaste, pure cola. Yeah. You know, you really get a lot of cola flavor on that. That's fascinating. Hmm. When it goes into your mouth, there's a little bit of a um, slight amount of rose, but also uh, some cherry, some raisin, a lot of raisin, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
some spice, some nutmeg. It, it has a feel of, of a a Belgian beer that has some candy sugar added. You know, something yeah. fortified. You get that feel in there too. Oh, I like. I dig the flavor. It it doesn't taste like a gusher. Yeah, <laughs> Every no, gusher yeah. has that has that acetone problem. You know, this doesn't taste like a gusher. Smells not so awesome, but the, it tastes the, a lot better. The bubble gum is coming through too. Hmm. It's a little bit of, you know, bubblegum is such a hard thing to describe without saying bubblegum, but it's kind of, it, it's, it's a mixture of different fruits, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's a little bit of pineapple, it's a little bit of orange, it's a little bit of regular apple, there's some pear. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a combination of a whole bunch of different fruits. Right. Very gassy. I'm very burpy all of a sudden. Let's roll this puppy around. Degas it. Pretty, uh, pretty heavily carbonated. But yeah, it's it's kind of a cola of a beer. It, it's it's really interesting in that way. I mean, I, I wouldn't. Ex- it does carry. I mean, the bubble gum, the pears. It really carries some Belgian esters, and those work. It, it tastes better than it smells. The smell isn't really. Now that I smell it, maybe some of the more offensive volatiles have, have come off the beer. Okay. It, it smells like, you know, some of the Belgian beers that aren't perfume beers. Yeah. That, you I, know, I think what we were, That are a little more chalky, that aren't great to smell, but taste good, you know. We this were is going kind of in sort thing. of inspecting a kind of imperial stoutish, and, and what we got was this Belgian thing. Yeah, but and even the initial aroma was still pretty... There was something I mean, when you that, say yeah. school, like school eraser... You know, you're talking about when you're rubbing it, when it's burning yeah, the plastic, yeah. you know. That, that's a very noxious aroma. That's never anything good. But, it, yeah, could it, it, we've had this before where something is initially smelled bad, but whatever volatile was there goes away and the beer is fine. Mm-hmm. This is or the, the toxins, you know, have clamped on and is killing our brain cells <laughs> and we just can't smell them anymore. That's not bad. It's you know it, it, it's weird because I, w- I would have expected more of this bubblegum taste from uh-huh. the Dunkleweiss. Oh, the Dunkleweiss, yeah, yeah. Those last couple beers have been pretty messed up. Do you want to rank these beers, or would you like to pull in another one? I'll pull another one. Why not? All right, I'll pause. I know what I want to grab. All right, so we're back with the uh, what the hell is this called? This is the Imper Ale from Colisi. Kalesi. <laughs> Game of Thrones. They're like, oh, thank you, Game of Thrones. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we just tweeted their uh, sensory profile graph, which is an interesting way to, to... They have a ten-sided thing. It's a polar graph. Right. Right, and they have ten points on it, and closer to the center is less, and farther to the edges more. So they have um, hop and malt and caramel and honey and fruity yeast. and okay, dried fruit. Through. Dried fruit, floral, spicy, hop, yeast, malt, vanilla, fruit, honey, and caramel. No, I'm not saying they're perfect. But I kind of like this kind of thing because it gives you like a one through five or maybe one through eight on how impressive, and by impressive I mean impression on you, 
each one of those characters is. What I, I like the idea. What I think, and, and let me check to see if if, it's, if, if it goes the same. Because I, I think what would be interesting is if that sensory profile, if if those values changed depending on the depending beer. on the beer. Yeah, so you, I mean, because some will be nonsensical for certain right. beers, right? Like for this beer, yeah. Well, they do, but, have... but then again, if 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 they are the, if they aren't the same, then what guide do you have? I mean, so there has to be some sort of yeah. Right. And they don't. I could see, I could see a fact. couple swapped out here and there, but I I like it. I generally I like it. I disagree <laughs> with how they what they have posted on their website. If you go to our, uh, if you just go to craftyradio.com and, and you uh, go to the RSS feed, you can look at the show notes, and there's a link to the site. And you can go from there and click on and take a look at the sensory profile. Or just go to Jeff Bear's Twitter and see it on there, too. So it's, it, it, it's a little bit of a blurry picture. So what are you going to do? What did you bring from the fridge, uh, my friend? How about some Saison Rue from the brewery? How's that sound for and a nice nightcap? Across the Atlantic, then all the way back to California. But it is a Saison It's no saison. It's saison rue. This is. It sounds Belgian and French. See. <laughs> so now, when you call Patrick, do you say "Hey, Patrick Rue" or do you say "Patrick Rue"? <laughs> it, it depends on how lit I am. Uh, Eight point five percent alcohol by volume, thirty IBUs. They declare the SRM nine. This is one of their year-round releases. Wine enthusiasts call this the number one beer of twenty twelve. No, they are wine enthusiasts after all. <laughs> if... uh, okay, so they they also advertise it on Rate Beer. They have a ninety eight, and on Beer Advocate a ninety four. I I don't. Did you hear that? I used the Xylus to cap that bottle. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Here, here, okay. Here's the. It's a ninety two actually on Beer Advocate, but the Bros, the Bros, Jason and Todd, uh, who we know and they're great guys. Um. They call it a 100, a world yeah. class. Ooh. All right. It's a very golden beer. Very clear. Very tight bubbles. Mm, tight bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your bubbles. Cardamom. Spite, I'm getting this spicy uh, carbonation, you know, the zing from the carbonic acid, but I'm also getting cardamom, the aroma. That's really all I'm smelling. It Maybe it, a little malt, but mostly cardamom. It kind of vaguely reminds me of your hot binds, because, you know, if, if you're... Not right up in those hop cones. Eat up in that shit. Yeah, there's a you know there, there's sort of a you know a, a grassy quality to it, uh, and slight amount of hop aroma. A brewed with rye and Brettanomyces. So there's a lot going on out there. Hmm. So that, that's nice having another rye in the rye study because yeah. I, now now let's think back to the bells and actually I think I'm carrying some of the same aromas into this one. I'm now gassy too. 
the what I call cardamom is is kind of splitting out into two different things. I'm getting a little bit of rye. I'm getting a little bit of rose. Mm-hmm. A little bit of clove. Is that a frog? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was a little Jeff down my throat making noise. <laughs> This is one of the beers you can just sniff and sniff and sniff because it, it's evolving for me. You know, I think I smell a little bit of pear. There's also a beer we might want to pause and let warm. Well, it was one sitting out on the table for a while, right? So it's had a... But then you put it back in the fridge, right? I, I did because I was worried it was too warm. Yeah. So it, it's probably close to the right temperature. Maybe put a little heat into it, give it a little bit of swirly swirl. <laughs> Anything you want to talk about while we're waiting for this beer to warm up? Jeff... Let's talk about you. Me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm wearing a birthday hat. You're still wearing the birthday I'm still hat. It's the very hat. impressive. It's, it's Max's third birthday. I took the hat off when the mosquitoes started biting me around my head, and yeah. I needed spray bug you know, repellent on it. I kept the hat on throughout the entire... I don't know. When I put it on? I put it on when I was having a sandwich, right? I think so. And do, do, <laughs> Does anyone put a birthday cap on? Yeah. And I still have birthday cap on. I made sure my headphones were out. <laughs> we're not going to interfere with, with the birthday hat. And I still have it on. If you look at Jeff Vine, you can see me with the hat on. Makes me look like I'm going balder even quicker than I am right now. I haven't had a sip yet. I'm just smelling this thing. And it just smells so good. Okay, uh, you know, flavor is pretty big. You know, it, it first sip, you know, like Belgian golden nails, what you're thinking. It tastes a little bit fortified. There's a little bit of candy sugar in there. It's what it tastes like. I'm not saying what they did. I'm just saying what it tastes like. And then it goes... I'll take another sip. I forgot what I was going to say. I got something for you. Okay. Sweet corn. Hmm. Not getting that cream corn, maybe even that rose is really coming through. I'm getting something rose, very, yeah, per, very yeah. perfumey. It's it's rose water. It reminds me of the uh, the savor beer from Dogfish. You know, I'm <laughs> it's getting, not quite that. I mean, not quite that, like, but I'm getting an essence of that. It's more apricotty, right? It's more along those lines. Mm, I don't think I can go to apricotty. I think it's rosy. I'm sure it's going to evolve mm. as as we drink, as we taste, as we let it warm and, and mature. As a saison, it's it's a little it's a little strong, right? I mean, a lot mm, of saisons are big. Saisons seven eight percent, but you know traditional ones. And but I mean, you know, flavor br- wise, but with, oh. I'm talking about flavor wise. It, it it's it's got a lot of oomph to it. It's it's you know a lot of saisons tend well, to be it slightly is rye and Brett. Yeah. So. It's gonna have some oomph, and it's uh, it's probably a little more bit more ABV than your traditional saison. Be my guess, because those guys are good at hiding booze, <laughs> boozy flavors. But I mean, it's just you know you expect a saison to be a little bit light, a little bit lighter on your palate in in in, in those terms, and, and this is yeah not. the the spiciness is a little more 
overbearing yeah. than than I wouldn't call it crisp. I wouldn't call it refreshing, right? Right. I mean, that's fine. It it still works well as a great mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, if I was drinking this blind, I'm not sure. I, I, I definitely would not go Saison as a category. I would go uh, Golden, 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 yeah. Golden Strong, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Tastes a little bit fortified, so I'd probably go Golden Strong. It's good. Not complaining. Yeah. Again, we're not judging this for the BJCP where they entered it in the wrong category. I don't care what they call it for the most. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to tell people that they called it this. It tastes like that. It doesn't. That does. That in itself doesn't affect how much I enjoy the beer. When the beer is damn good, beer is good. It's kind of a cheat that we can pull this in at the end. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not a. Hey, I could have bought this at VE. It was there. Yes, yes. You so could. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the, these beers were almost. Oh, this is a Gary Frank beer. We should mention. Okay. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. But yeah, th- th- this was available at VE. So I mean, th- this could have been in the flight just mm-hmm. as well. You could go to. I mean, if you have a place like VE near you, which is not many of you, but. <laughs> if you do, then you can get this. You know th- this this kind of. Well, there's lots of places. Th- I mean, this was an interesting show because there's a it's pretty diverse, and I like I like when we do a show that has a, a sort of a a wide swath of things that we try. Yeah, I mean we've learned re- semi recently. Surprisingly, it's surprising to take us this long. You can't do an all IPA show. Yeah. Your palate dead. You can't differentiate. You're saying a lot of the same things. You can't notice the nuance. Um, you know, there's other styles where you can't... I'm starting to get slurry. I apologize for getting slurry on the show. Um, there's other styles where you still can do verticals or horizontals mm-hmm. and, and really taste every beer. But it's also nice having a little variety. It makes the rankings a little more hodgepodge. It's more just personal preference at that right. point. Um, but having that variety really helps keep the palate sharp or that doesn't sound right. It just keeps it able to taste what you're tasting each and it, additional And it, it keeps time. it interesting because each one gives you different things to to uh, ruminate on. To, to... The, the risk is drinking them out of order. Like we should have drank the... Which one did we do out of order? We should have drank... Well, we we should have had dunkle before, the dunkle before the, the rye. Before the rye, right. But, hey, you win some, you lose some. Right. Still a good dunkle. All right, well, I guess that means it be ranking time. Is it? Is that what we do? That is what we do. Uh, hard, yeah, again, like we said, hard show to rank when you have a wide... I mean... Two we, beers that probably have an infection in the bottle. Right. But we're still relatively still good. good. How do you rank those compared to beers that are clean? <laughs> I think you have to penalize them, but if it depends, are you drinking towards brewer intention well, and, look, and and product neither quality? Neither of those are going to end up number one. No, you're right. It just they were both very good. Yeah, but they can't like I, 
Well, very next... good. Very. Uh, I don't know about very. Well, good. Okay, but will the next bottle taste anything like this bottle? That's the thing. Like for, we have no idea for the Dunkelweiss. Almost certainly not for the Emperor for for the Nira. I don't know. Maybe there's a gusher though. I can't ever imagine a gusher is consistent. We've had great gushers before. Yeah, one in a hundred, and this is one of them. <laughs> Gushers right. are almost always taste like acetone. All right. My number six beer uh, is going to... I, I, I have to say that, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it, I guess, but I, I can't wholeheartedly recommend the Moosebacher because that was the apple thing and, and, and the tartness, and that's just kind of... That's not. It's definitely not what I expected when I when I saw, oh, a dark wheat. You know, oh, a dunkelweiss, a black wheat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that, that's going to be something something totally different, and that's not what I got. So I can't re- wholeheartedly recommend that. Um. Well, huh, it gets a little tougher. <laughs> it does get tough. It's hard. Like, I don't know where I'm going to rank things. I'm hoping your your uh, commentary helps me figure things out. I I liked the you know I, I like the the Khaleesi <laughs> I liked it I liked what I was getting from it I I didn't like what I was smelling out of it <laughs> right and that kind of hurts it a bit uh, but you know I've had some Trappist beers that smell that's, yeah. yeah I mean I've had some you know Trappist Abbeys that. Um, don't smell so hot, but taste like that. So that kind of. Oh, I'm wondering if you need to give it a little bit of a pass. If you, I can't, I can't think of exactly which one. But let's say, for exa- example, it's um, Rochefort, right? Right. I think Rochefort. I'm guessing. I, I mean, like, I have a big picture of the label, and I think it's a Rochefort double, right? Where it tastes good, but it has a rougher smell to it. You know, and then there's weird things like Dorval, which which you wouldn't expect a, a Trappist beer to be tart, but it mm-hmm. it is, and yeah. it's really good. Right. Um, okay, I I'm gonna have to choose some sort of metric for how I do this, and the best way I can do this is sort of by cleanness, by how crisp and clean they were. So that's how I'm going to rank these. So. Let's go from the bottom to the top. The Moosebacher had so many weird things going on. I couldn't really call it clean. Then the the uh, Khaleesi um, wasn't wasn't the cleanest thing in the bunch. And then this may this may surprise you a little bit, uh, but just because of of how I'm going about it, I'm going to say the Saison Rue. Um, there's it's beautiful beer. There's lots of great things going on, but you know, in terms of crisp and clean. Eh, didn't give me really, you know, it didn't fit on that. Todd and Jason gave it a hundred. I know it's a very good beer. It you didn't don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm ranking it on. I'm trying to, to figure out a metric where I can rank mm-hmm. it on, and this right. metric is is I what I have. Uh, so now my number three is probably going to be the Smitten. Uh, a pretty, pretty nice. Well, you know what? Actually, no. I'm sorry. My number three is probably going to be the, the Monarch. I'm going to put that there. Uh, I I think it was it was a good beer, but it was a little over 
overpowering in some senses. It, it wasn't quite as as clean as others, and like I said, Who Garden is better. Uh, I, I like the Smitten, really good example of of a rye beer. Uh, had some interesting qualities to it. I uh, I would say go for that Smitten. You know, really check that out. That's a really interesting beer. My number one beer is going to be the Warsteiner, the the Dunkel, crisp, clean, clear, pretty much exactly what what you want when you want a Dunkel. Like well, that. I mean, you're, you're... It was good. You're also a dunkle slut, so you should have a disclaimer there. I'm a dunkle slut? You are a dunkle slut. Well, okay, what makes me a dunkle slut? I'm you, you love every dunkle you ever taste. You're a dunkle slut. I, I may love every dunkle I ever taste. <laughs> I, I, I can't argue with that point. I, I can't make any good arguments against that. I, I like dunkles. Yeah. I just want to point out, I just wanted to say the word dunkle slut. <laughs> That's right. the main reason. I'm not faulting you. I'm just saying you're Dunkle Slut. All right. <laughs> All right. So for me, rather be a Dunkle Slut than an IPA Slut. Good point. Good point. Or a counterpoint, I guess that would be. Um, I'm gonna have to put. I think I'm, the first two are gonna be just with you, right? I, I liked the. Um, Mooshbacher. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea whether the next bottle is going to taste anything like that. Right. So it's hard to recommend it. Uh, it's just one of those luckily, lucky coincidences where you get a wonderfully spoiled bottle. It almost has to be spoiled. It almost can't be. Yeah, that, it, it, it seems weird for Sounds them. like they might have other spoiled bottles yeah. by looking at the Beer Advocate reviews. But it... It just can't be consistently spoiled, wonderfully spoiled. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, number two is Khaleesi, or I'm sorry, second from the bottom, uh, which makes it number five. Five is the Khaleesi, Khaleesi, yeah, Gusher, wonderfully good for a Gusher, one of the few that's a good Gusher. Um, aroma had nothing redeeming really. It was just kind of chalky and mediocre. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Flavor was much better than that. Yeah, lots of, of pear, fruits, caramels, things like that. Belgian, golden strong. Label says stout. Hey, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it's all beer. It's Italy. What do you want? It's Italy. Uh, they go nuts there. Have you seen what Buscolini or whatever his name is? <laughs> Bolasconi. Yeah. Uh, now here's where it gets tough. It, um, you ranked the Saison Rue next, I believe, right? Yes. Or did you do two brothers next? I did the Saison Rue. I, I, in flight, it was a lot of big flavors, and my palate was already kind of full, and I, I can't really handle all those flavors, and that's where I agree with you. Um, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there. You know, I'm going to try to, you know, cover my ass and mitigate my sayings by saying it's all very tough, it's all very close <laughs> together, but yeah, yeah, the season is all the way down at uh, number four. Four. From there, I think we're going to diverge a little bit. I'm going to put... Oh, maybe not. 
You put two brothers next, right? Uh, yes. I'm going to stick with you. It was a very good wit beer, but it wasn't it wasn't Hoogarden, right? Mm-hmm. If they added a little bit of lemon tangy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard. It's not a knock. It's not even a suggestion. Don't change your beer, two brothers. It's fine. But if you want me to love it a little bit more, <laughs> just throw in a little bit, a little bit of lemon tangy, and then from there, oh, I'm gonna mirror you. It, it's so tough. Um, the smitten rye, I loved it. It's a, it's it is a tutorial on what rye beers taste like. Very good. But the Warsteiner Dunkel for a dollar thirty nine, the dollar thirty nine beer. It was it was. It was light. It was refreshing. It was roasty. It was, it was. I'm not, I guess I'm a Dunkel slut too. I don't know. If I, it was really beautiful and clean. It had everything you. I mean, it it it, it mm-hmm. had everything you kind of wanted out of that beer. Yeah. And you know, is there a better way to judge something than that? I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was two beers that were probably off, but got lucky and still were good. And then you had four beers that were all pretty good, and we both were in the mood for the the subtle lager tonight. Yeah. All right, look at that. We mirrored. We uh we lined up. The stars are on limit. Thank you everybody for listening to craft beer. It really does mean a lot to us that you tune in and listen to us blabber about craft beer. <laughs> Hopefully, we're entertaining and educational. Uh, you can email us and let us know at beer at craftbeerradio.com. We're on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. He is at CBR Greg. Mm-hmm. We are on Google Plus at Craft Beer Radio. We are on Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio because someone else registered Craft Beer Radio before us. Uh, Amazon.com slash or craft. No, 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 no. Amazon.com. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon is where you want to go when you're Amazon shopping. Craft Beer Radio was released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to figure out what that means and how you can reuse our content and all that fun stuff. Go because nuts. it's like pretty open source. We'll let you do a lot of stuff yeah. with it unless you start making money. And then we want to cut so you don't make money yeah. with our stuff. If, if you want to just remix us talking about, you know, make us sound like we're talking about God knows what tentacle porn, go ahead. <laughs> Pediness. Right. (laughs) It is all fair game. Uh, Again, thank you. And we will see you again very soon. Most likely next week.